You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series. Assault Studios production. You name it and Wes Lambert, the CEO of Restaurant and Catering Australia, has given it a go. From faking his own ID to get a job in high school to leading an organisation representing more than 48,000 restaurants, cafes and catering businesses across Australia. Wes was a good student and showed a real flair for entrepreneurialism from a young age. In this episode, Wes shares some great stories about selling pencils to other students and how his education set him on a pathway to success. Wes Lambert, thank you very much for being available to chat. You've achieved a lot within your career. You're very motivated, driven towards certain targets. Where does that come from? Was that alive at a very early point in your life? It comes from when I was about five years old and my grandfather, who was one of the first employees uh, at Frito-Lay, the chip company in Texas in the United States, he said, keep your eye on the prize. And I have tried to do that. At that early age, I used to buy pencils at the local uh, five and dime store and sell them to my peers for 25 cents. And I only paid a nickel because you'd get in trouble in school if you didn't have a pencil. So that's always been alive with you, Wes. And how did that impact your education at high school? Well, look, uh, it gave me a lot of purpose. So uh, I attended year nine uh, in Texas, where my mother's side of uh, my family was from. Uh, And she passed when I was uh, 14. And then I moved to Georgia, where my father's side of the family was, and excelled in uni. Uh, I was uh, not a typical teenager. I didn't give my father any problems and uh, gained a place at a top 10 university in America on a partial scholarship uh, and certainly was quite diligent in high school. Studied mostly STEM, but also uh, music, vocal performance, uh, which helped me to get into uni. In uni, I studied pre-medicine and decided I did not want to be a physician. Took a couple years off uh, in the military. I was a UN peacekeeper in Macedonia. I was a combat medic and then came back to uni and was there three more years and ended up uh, going into the business school there at the university uh, and finishing with a finance degree and uh, had more university semester hours than anyone who had graduated so far. I had been at uh, that university off and on for 13 semesters. There's a lot of education that you've gone and done and you've done it to an incredibly high standard. But if we go back to that conversation that you had with your grandfather about keeping your eye on the prize, what was the prize for you back then? What did you want to do? I didn't know at five years old and I certainly didn't know as a teenager. But what I did know is that my education, becoming educated. Now, whether that was education in in uni or whether that was a trade, which, you know, I did a bit of both. I practiced trades throughout high school and uh, university, uh, and one would consider the military a trade before I settled into finishing uni at 25, so a bit older than most people, and then going out into investment banking and then into the hospitality industry. I am led to believe that you faked an ID in order to get a job when you're in high school. <laughs> Is that correct? When I was 14 years old in San Antonio, Texas, uh, my mother and I lived there over a summer and I absolutely made a copy of my ID over the top, changed the birthday and I actually worked for a fast food restaurant for about three months and I earned my own pocket money. The motivation to be independent uh, and to be able to contribute to my mother as much as possible was driving me forward to do that. And I, I wouldn't do the same thing today. I'm about as diligent as it gets with, uh, with rules 
Um, you know, I'm a CPA and I'm actually a fellow of the Governance Institute, uh, which governs the rules of Australia. But uh, at the time, the motivation was you know, getting that first job and getting into the workforce and making a difference. So what is your advice now then for our students to find that first opportunity within the hospitality sector? So what I would say is when an employer sees Maccas or KFC or Coles or Woolies when you are 14, 15, 16 years old, they see that as a foundation. You're learning customer service. You are learning how to be part of a team. You're learning how to you know, run a business, see how a business goes. You may end up being an entrepreneur and, you know, your peers and your parents and your school counselors may say uni, uni, uni or entrepreneurship or tech or whatever. But learning how to be a part of a team and learning customer service and learning how to be forward facing, those are skills that you have to have no matter what job it is that you want to get into. If you're in year 10, 11 and 12 and, you know, and you, you want to explore a TAFE on top of your HSC courses, please do it. It is a great first job. And for some people, it's a great career, but it is certainly a great first job uh, so that you have your own money. Based on your experience, what are employers looking for for those young kids that are coming through? What uh, skill sets do they need to have? It's attitude over aptitude. So look, you, you just need to have a positive attitude. But ultimately, throughout your entire life, no matter what you do, now, whether that's your own business, whether that's a trade, or whether that's being an employee, which are all amazing and fine, it's about what attitude you bring to the table. And business partners, they want a good attitude. Employers, they want a good attitude. Professors, teachers, they want a good attitude. Customers, they want a good attitude. No one wants someone who's you know, not coming to the table with a positive attitude. So I would say attitude over aptitude. You can learn almost everything in a business. Employers within the hospitality space, are they still open to someone knocking on the door saying, look, I'm putting my hand up, I just want an opportunity? It's just as simple as that. It's just get off the couch, knock on doors, and you'll eventually find an opportunity? Ultimately, if you walk into any cafe, restaurant, caterer, pub, club, accommodation, hotel, and say, I would like a job, they will give you a job. We need nearly 100,000 people in our industry right now. You can take very easy to get courses like your RSA or your responsible gaming, your barista course, certainly bartending courses. Uh, and if you want to expand a bit more, you can take knife skills and customer service. Restaurant and catering offers quite a few courses and so do many other TAFEs and RTOs. And you can literally be working in the hospitality industry within a few weeks and have some skills behind you. Where do you think the hospitality industry is going? What's its future? Operators in the hospitality space have realized that employees need work-life balance. And so most that we know, especially the larger ones, they keep you on a 38-hour week roster. They certainly do not make you work every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon. They understand that you need a work-life balance. In addition, the ABS has said that uh, the hospitality industry wages have gone up more than any other industry. It's no longer the lowest paid industry in the country in terms of what you can make and, and how you can make a way for yourself. They're great wages, especially if you're living at home uh, or in a share house. You know, if you're taking care of a family, you definitely want to be skilled and, and you know, moving through uh, the industry and, and up the ladder to those higher paid and, and more senior roles. But look, if you're starting out, if you're a student high school or you're in TAFE or you're in uni and you want that job, that's certainly going to teach you many things that you will use in any industry, no matter what, it is hospitality.
What about the students that are coming through? What positive impact can they make on the hospitality industry? Uh, They technology it up. So certainly those young people uh, will pass on information and knowledge that they have because, you know, everyone who's in the workforce today, who's entering the workforce, they have never been without some type of uh, mobile phone or in most cases a smart device. And so they come into the industry with some smarts that you know, many people that have been in the industry for 20, 30, 40 years might not have, might not be second nature to them. So they're able to contribute immediately by looking at apps and, and softwares and certain processes you know, that they have learned through technology. Adding that to the, the basis foundation of any job is always helpful. If you were to look back on your education, you've achieved a lot. Would you have changed a thing? No, actually, I wouldn't have. Um, you know, the pathway that I took, you know, it set me straight to exactly what I wanted. You know, I, I had two pathways. The first one was to be a physician. And, you know, I wasn't sure about that. So volunteered to be in the U.S. Army as a combat medic and spoke to many people in the, in the medical service arena, uh, many physicians, and realized that it wasn't the life for me. So when I came back to uni, Uh, I went into business school and studied finance and then later on continued uh, and got my CPA and my certificate of governance practice and realized that that business management uh, was the thing for me. Wes Lambert, thank you very much for talking about your education. You've had an amazing career and we're going to talk about that in our next episode. Smart move by Wes to get experience in an industry he thought might make a good career move before going all in. Just as well too, given he realised medicine wasn't for him. In our next episode, Wes talks about meeting celebrities at his nightclub and what brought him to Australia. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series. Assault Studios production.